Welcome to the Financial Flossing Podcast with Ross Brannan, guiding dental professionals to a brighter future. Ross Brannan is a financial advisor who knows it's not just about your teeth. He helps dental practice owners protect and maximize today's cash flow to plan for tomorrow's cash needs. Find him at rossbrannan.com. On the show, he brings together experts to help dental professionals looking to make smart money decisions to grow their income, turn their retirement goals into reality, and improve their lives. And now, here's your host, Ross Brannan. Welcome to the show. Today, we have Jeff Gardino. Jeff is the CEO of Bolano Dental and partner with CMG Associates, a four-practice DSO in Memphis, Tennessee. Jeff, welcome to the show. Thanks so much. Glad to be here. Well, you have uh, kind of a unique story because what I'm starting to see, I've been seeing for a couple of years, is some people, instead of being bought out by a DSO, they said, well, like, heck, let me create my own DSO and then sell out to somebody, you know, several years down the road is a much bigger number. Tell us a little bit about your story and how you ended up as a founder in a DSO. So uh, I started in dental about 12 and a half years ago. Actually, no, it's been like 16 years ago now. And um, we, my dad's a dentist. So I started going to be a dentist growing up, start off pre-dental, worked in his practice and love my dad, would love to work with him again someday. But the idea of working in millimeters was just not my thing. So uh, changed course, actually got a degree in marketing and uh, went to St. Jude Hospital, worked there in marketing and then converted over to Henry Schein. And uh, began a career there and was able to get my MBA during the course of that process and uh, enjoyed my time with Shine. I was there for, like I said, a long time. Um, and as my career went on, I started having customers that uh, had one in particular who we were trying to help them find a buyer. We tried and tried for two years, couldn't find anybody. And he uh, came to me one day, called me in his office, and he had tears in his eyes, and he said, Look, I went to the TDA, Tennessee Dental Association meeting. I had my numbers with me. I went to the Heartland booth, showed them my numbers, and on the spot, they bought my practices. He had two locations in my buildings, and uh, he apologized to me. And at first, I was like, first, like, you don't have to do that. I don't do apology necessary. Congrats for you. But his tears were not only really about not being able to work with me anymore. It was also, it really wasn't what he intended. You know, he had this vision of selling to a new young doc coming out and he, in a way he felt like he was selling out to uh, corporate and the process went fine. And then Heartland's a great company, but um, I then had that happen a few other times. And as I was starting to see these trends in private practice and dental became apparent that group dentistry, corporate dentistry is obviously going to become more and more of a a player in the dental community. And so I worked with uh, Dr. Way Clayton and Dr. Drew Mefford are good friends of mine. And we got to talking one day and I had my wheels spinning a little bit about could we do a DSO type model locally, me being a part of it. And they were kind of thinking the same way and wanting a bigger end game. Uh, we were all about the same age. And as we got to talking, it kind of conversations became more and more serious. Uh, Henry Schein at the time had something called the Henry Schein Dental Business Institute, which was a little mini MBA program, a nine month program for doctors who were interested in kind of a bigger end game. Drew and Wade signed up for it. I went with them. There were multiple sessions. And during the course of that, 
became more and more apparent that there was something that we had there that we needed to get going. And so we, uh, that's, that was in 2016. And so we worked, began to continue the conversations and then January, 2018 pulled the trigger and I made the switch over and I joined running the business side of things. I became a partner. We named our DSO CMG associates for our three last names. And uh, so I'm an equal partner in that. And then I'm, seeing the CEO of the, of the of Bolano Dental, which is just running the business side and Drew and Wade handled the, uh, the dental side. And, and our thing is you know, there's this perception out there that corporate dentistry or group dentistry is bad by some folks. And it's just not. And there's so many advantages to group practices, to group dentistry, to corporate practices, if you do it right. And so Memphis didn't have a, a local player like this. And we felt like we could, fill that niche thought we had pretty decent reputations in town. And uh, our goal was not only we wanted to be able to give doctors an opportunity to sell their practice for the fair value that they've been planning to do all these years, but at the same time work with a local group that was going to keep that integrity and, and that goodwill that they built with the team and their patients all these years. So you guys have four practices. Um, how many of those were existing practices from the other doctors and how many of them you ones you've already acquired? So we've done a, uh, more than four deals throughout this. Uh, Drew and Wade had a practice, a big practice. They started a de novo in Germantown, which is a little suburb of Memphis. I guess about, uh, what is it, about four or five years before we got going. And, and that was starting to build momentum. And, and then we immediately had a client of mine who I'd worked with for a long time, two doctors, and they never enjoyed the business end of things. And so I approached them pretty quickly as once we knew this was going to happen and said, hey, do you guys have an interest in and uh, possibly selling and being a part of this. Younger doctors, they're both in their uh, early 50s, and they immediately said yes. So we picked up that practice in East Memphis uh, about three months after we launched. And then we did a, a tuck-in in 2020 into that East Memphis office, and we've done uh, – then we purchased another practice in East Memphis that was in our same complex, and then we expanded our East Memphis office from six ops to uh, 11 ops, and uh, and we tucked that practice in here last November. So currently we have eight doctors in four physical locations. And then we did another practice in the Cordova Bartlett area in 2021 as well. And what does it look like for 2023 acquisition? Right now, we, we purchased a new property for our Germantown office. So that little de novo that they started was just a four-op facility. And our lease is coming up here in September. So we have purchased a new office and, uh, and we're beginning the process of gutting that. So we're going to move into that in August. We hope to have a tuck-in, going to be adding to that. It'll give us the opportunity for 10 ops as opposed to four. And uh, we have a goal of hopefully one or two more on, on top of that as well for the end of the year. And then what's the long-term goal plan? I mean, how, how many practice, five years from now, how many practices do you want to have? You know what? It's been a, a we're, we don't have a finite plan. We want to do it right. And we've been pretty, you know, some of these folks that get these things going, uh, maybe they're smarter than us or have it all figured out better than we do, but we've been really intentional with how, with our growth and who we want to partner with. And I think the one thing we've learned in these five years is that they're, who we don't want to be associated with more than who we do. So we're looking for the right mixes. We, we have a, a top line goal of uh, the next five years to, to double ourselves and get to that 20, 
22 million range per year. Um, and we'll take the, we want to make sure we're covering all the, the micro markets within the Memphis Metroplex, but and to put a, a definite number on it, we're more about the bottom line and, and chair growth. We've seen definitely that having larger facilities that we can do tuck-ins with smaller practices, that has been a, a, a real revelation for us. Not something we really focused on in the beginning, but I've seen a lot of opportunity with that in the last couple of years. And I think we'll continue that as well. One of your partners who owned practices on their own previously said the biggest difference between doing it this way and the old way is. I think being more um, intentional and I think by their own admission, they're scientists, right? So through their many program with, uh, with Henry Shine and, and through the years of doing this, they now are full fledged. They, they own businesses and they were businessmen, but now they know business and the idea of, EBITDA and returns and uh, handling staff and, and managing time. I mean, they've become experts in that. So I think it's it's been really eye-opening just understanding the business of dentistry, which is something they maybe thought they knew at all these years practicing, but now they, they're they rock stars with it. And I think that's the biggest thing. Is it critical if you do this to high, hire a standalone CEO like someone like yourself? Because, I mean, a, a doctor, can a doctor do what they're doing if uh, can they can they ha- can they be practicing and managing the business or what, what have you seen? I don't think effectively uh, by any means. I mean, we've got uh, over 50 employees now and, and we've been you know having me there to be able to to really focus on the business side of it. I think we've been able to do some things a lot more efficiently and quickly. They're still at the chair majority of their time, four days a week. So uh, we have meetings weekly, at least once a week, if not more. And, and they are now, we're, we're exploring ways for them to be able to step away from the chair more and more so they can get more involved in, in, uh, in mentoring and training doctors and the clinical teams. But if you really are serious about taking next steps and, and growing significantly, I don't see how you can do that effectively while spending the majority of time at the chair. I really don't. And I'm very fortunate. You know, we... Uh, like I said, my dad's a dentist. He's still practicing. Uh, I'd love to work with him. But out, you know, outside of my dad, these two guys are great guys, and they have a high quality standard of care. And, and because you know, I can't do this without them. At the same time, I don't think they can do this without me, uh, with my business background. And um, but their acumen to be able to point out and find good quality dentists to associate with and know what to look for in that. I mean, not every state requires a dental license to own a, a dental practice. Reverse. I wouldn't want to do this without them having their expertise and knowing what it takes to do things right on the clinical side. And Tennessee does or does not require it. It does require it. it does require so, it. Yeah, Drew and Wade own the practices. Mm-hmm. Right. Gotcha. Yeah. And so, what are the biggest challenges on doing this versus you know the quote normal model? Challenge normal model being private practice or well the normal model being a doc a, a, a one doc operation owns his practice and you know that's kind of what I'm you know what's funny is when we started doing this I guess the most eye opening piece for us was I'd worked with these guys for a long time the practices the staff and then we made this change and kind of the expectation was that the the old established practice that had worked with Drew and Wade as their dentist forever. And had known me forever in my previous role, would just all be on board from day one. And they were the most resistant. You know, they, oh, absolutely. Now, we had some that jumped on board, but uh, it was a hard 
it was hard sledding in my old days. You know, I, I, I'd managed people before and that wasn't new to me. I was excited to be doing that again and growing a team, but dental staff, a lot, they don't, it's not a, um, oftentimes private practices are, are run fairly loosely, you know, um, unfortunately more often than not, the, the inmates run the asylum, you know, the doctors do the dentistry. Sometimes there's morning huddles. Sometimes there's a expectation of, of collection and production goals. A lot of times there's not. And Drew and Wade had done their run their practice well, and there was an expectation there. But as we became even more, I guess, quote, buttoned up or organized as an organization, we found resistance. And uh, one of the things we we have the Bolano name is was new once we launched. And uh, with my marketing background, with the marketing firm we have, we have a really a great logo, a great look. We had to. One of the things we didn't anticipate was in the very beginning. Within the first six months, once we launched the name, actually within the first two months, we had to send a letter out to all our patients that Drew and Wade signed stating that they still owned the practice. It was still a private practice. We were not, we didn't quote, sell out to a corporate. We had just changed our name and, you know, we're expanding our footprint. And that phrase that a lot of our staff used when they were uh, struggling with the transition was, oh, we're beca- they're becoming corporate now. And it was like the biggest dirty word in the world. So well, like, how would they struggle? What would they do? What would they do to uh, kind of so-called undermine things? Well, when patients would ask a question, some of them would, you know, patients would ask a question of, Hey, what's going on? Why the name change? They would, you know, maybe not necessarily say the most positive things and say, Oh, they've gone corporate or they're, you know, they're, um, the, that was what some feedback we got back from patients. Um, they were resistant to the huddle. They were resistant to the logo. Did you have to let some of them go? There was, uh, you know, there were some that left for sure. We had to let some go and we had some that, that chose to, to go on their own. It was, there was a level of accountability there that I think um, it wasn't beyond anything that anyone in a, in a, in a, you know, traditional job would have, but things are so lax and then, and sometimes in the private practice world that it was just too much for some of them to handle. That's interesting. It's very interesting. So are you seeing growth just on patient flow happen a lot more just from a synergies of everything you have going? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, we've, our patient growth has been great. Uh, we are very uh, out there in the local community. We encourage our staff and, uh, we try to have relationships with local schools and churches within the little communities our practices are near. Uh, we've begun some campaigns in a larger uh, Metroplex area that have been positive. When we first started, we really weren't planning to necessarily have a, a central name. We were, uh, we'd seen the, we'd read the reviews. You know, you can go and there's be a, a giant uh, DSO group and you could Google the name and in one city, you got all five star reviews and maybe the next town over it's a bunch of one star. And we're thinking, yeah, do we really want to have one name and, and um, you know, maybe let every practice have its own identity. But the more we studied it, knowing that we aren't going to be some mega group, the, the synergies you can have with one central name. And, and then the challenges of making sure that we live up to it, you know, that we Bolano stands for quality and Bolano stands for compassion and uh, empathetic care. And so that's kind of how we've been, we've, we've pushed it and angled it and, and what we live up to. And I think it's, it's gone really well for us. I really do. How your, your, your partners um, who've had practices before, how hard do they say this is compared to what they were doing before? 
you know, I think they tell you it's, it's probably, I don't know if it's harder, but it's hard, but they're having more fun at it. You is, know, is it a different hard? A different hard. Yeah. They're stretching different muscles. We all are, you know, from uh, expanding staff. I mean, I'm, I'm, we're a small entity. I've got three people on my team under me uh, who are, are working more directly with the practices and I'm still handling HR and marketing and finance and all that kind of good stuff. So we're still definitely in a, in a growth mode. Um, but it's, it, it's the, having a partnership, having the three of us, you know, we have, we respect each other. We love working together and the different mentalities that we each bring to the table, the different mindsets. Uh, we've really respected each other's opinions and, and have been able to play off each other. And I don't, I know none of us would want to do it any differently, uh, but it's definitely different than what they were doing before. Yeah. And a lot different than what you were doing. I mean, when you were obviously a dental rep at Henry Shine. Right. I guess the question is, do you still use Henry Shine? We do. Yeah. Our new rep is actually uh, one of my best friends since I was born and he's been with Shine for a long time. So I made sure all my clients were in good hands. Well, okay. There, there you go. I guess the question I ask is, you know, I, I'm of the opinion that if you own a dental practice, you're sitting on a lottery ticket. And a lot of people unfortunately don't realize that. I'm not a big believer in selling to a DSO as an individual really young, like some people are doing. I've got lots of reasons why we won't go to in this conversation. But I guess the thing I'm wondering is, why wouldn't everybody try and do this? Now, obviously, not everyone could pull it off. But why wouldn't everybody try and do this? It's hard. It's hard. And, uh, you know, I, I don't if you're ready, if you want challenges and you want to expand, push yourself, then this is the way to go. Uh, and it has been a, a blast to do it. But if you don't have that mentality and you're not interested in, in uh, stretching a different muscle and, and working hard at something that is very different than what you're used to, then I don't recommend it. But uh, I wouldn't change anything for the world. But I, the amount of stuff we've learned over these last five years, the amount of growth we've had, it's been, it's been great, but it's, uh, you know, what I know now from what I did knew when I started is it's a completely different ball game. Um, now, do you see a lot of competition coming in? Like, um, do you see DSOs coming in competing with you? Do you, so like, what do you say? Do you see smaller practices, bad mouthing you? What, what's kind of going on? What do you see happening? You know, fortunately, I don't see a lot of bad mouthing going on. I don't think we've, uh, we've, one of our key philosophies is to communicate. And we've done that with every employee, whether the ones that have, uh, are still with us today or the ones that aren't real pleased didn't like the way things were going and have left us. I think they can all say that they were treated fairly. Um, so I think our reputation has stayed really positive. We haven't really gone out there and tried to, to uh, push our name and our, our DSO out there yet. And we have people coming to us. We've turned down more than we've taken on. And this um, is to be bought. You're saying, Right. Correct. Wow. And, and uh, I think it's a testament to who Drew and Wade are and, and maybe what I've built in my career. Um, and our focus is just doing things the right way, treating people the right way. You know, our motto is we want to live an empathetic and, and we want to connect with people. And we, we truly, you know, I, I always looked at my entire dental career, whether it was here or at Shine, being the son of a dentist. I mean, my dad has a great practice and it's given us a good life. And, uh, you know, I've always, if it's good enough for my dad, it's good enough for everybody else. And that's the same thing with this. I mean, we do the, we want to 
take care of the dentists that entrust their practices to us. So uh, I want to be a group that, um, you know, and I want my name and uh, that has had a good name because of my dad and maybe what I've done over the years. But we want to continue to grow our, our brand and do things correctly. And uh, I think people know that that's who we are and we're not going to sugarcoat it. It's not easy for a doctor to sell to a DSO or, or to anybody, but um, whether it's a big DSO or a corporate one. And, and we go in there and we try to help them have their eyes wide open with how this process is going to go. Now, when you buy a practice, are you always having the dentist that you buy the practice from come on? Or sometimes are you um, you're like, see ya? Yeah, typically it's an exit strategy. You know, uh, we've had one where the doctor walked away within weeks and was done. And we have one that uh, that committed to a year and we'll see after that. And that's been fine. And we'll bring the associate in to take over. And we've been able to do that. Uh, it's been all of that. I think it was, what was surprising to me is that uh, like our first deal with East Memphis, there are a lot of doctors who just don't want to manage it. They just want to do dentistry. And if you'll take all this other stuff, off my plate, then I'll do this another 10 years. I've and, heard that a lot. Now, when you hire associates, do you have um, do you have associates who want to go start their own practice and they're they're not around forever? How do you handle that? We haven't had that yet, knock on wood. I mean, we're we we want them to be open with us. We're we're open to uh, possibly, you know, getting into some equity play with the location they're working with. We haven't done that yet. We haven't really needed to. Uh, quite frankly, the doctors are just happy to have patient flow and to do dentistry, the ones we've worked with so far, but we aren't opposed to such things. And, and if, you know, they have, we obviously have contracts and if someone wants to leave and it works for both sides and we're honest with each other, then we're okay with that too. I think we, we've learned to have big confidence in who we are and how we operate. And, um, and, we're not going to compromise that. So in summary, it's super hard, but a different type of hard. It's very rewarding if it's the right thing for you. Right. And, you know, but if it's not the right thing, it probably would not go well at all. And for you guys, it's allowed you to achieve your, your goals from a financial perspective, from a kind of a philosophy of life perspective, philosophy of dentistry perspective, without quote unquote selling out. And by doing this, you're helping solve the problem for dentists who are just trying to, you know, get out of the management or get out of the business. You got it. So I'm sure there's a lot of people who have already thought about this. Maybe they're not doing it yet, but if someone wanted to reach out to you and pick your brand this more, how would they get in touch with you? Oh, they, they are more than welcome to do that. Uh, they can email me. Uh, my email address is a, a lot of long letters with Indian vowels. I did not pick the name Bellano, even though with the Gardino Italian last name, you think I did. Uh, but they can email me at Jeff, J-E-F-F dot Gardino, G-A-R-D-I-N-O at BellanoDental.com. Perfect. Yep. So, uh, you know, one thing that I will sell or share fascinating thing about our staffing is that we, like I said before, we really, we, we treat people as you'd want to be treated. That's just kind of the golden rule. And we've had such great success hiring staff, front office assistants, hygienists from other DSOs oh, and from wow. other big practices and big groups. And they get to us and they're like, wait a minute, I'm getting paid. Well, I'm getting the benefits 401k and health insurance that I was getting at the big group but you value me. You're giving me a lunch break. You're getting me out of here to normal time. This let's go. And, you know, we don't advertise a lot when we have an opening. 
the our employees reach out to their friends in the other places. And uh, and what's great about folks that come from this bigger practice mentality or another DSO is they're used to working off of goals. They understand what it means to put in uh, the hard work to, to, to be successful during the course of a day. Some general practices get that and, and they're ready to go at it and, and stretch their mind and grow as a, their career. But uh, overwhelmingly, I'd say that's been an interesting find for us. It's really worked well. Yeah, that's absolutely fascinating. But you, you treat people right and you treat people like people, not people like, you know, um, revenue units or or just employees, um, you know, or just laborers. It's amazing what happens. Isn't it? It really is. So, well, Jeff, I really appreciate your time today. I have enjoyed it so much. Thanks for having me on. You've been listening to the Financial Flossing Podcast with Ross Brand. This has been another episode of Financial Flossing with Ross Brannan, guiding dental professionals to a brighter future. If you liked what you heard, consider subscribing wherever you listen to podcasts. For more on Ross Brannan, visit rossbrannan.com. Ross Brannan is a registered representative of Coastal Equities, Inc., and investment advisory representative of Coastal Investment Advisors, Inc. Investment advisory services are offered through Coastal Investment Advisors, Inc., and securities are offered through Coastal Equities, Inc. Member FINRA, SIPC, 1201 North Orange Street, Suite 729, Wilmington, Delaware, 19801. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com. <laughs>